few weeks ago on Instagram, I asked stepmoms what they struggle with when it comes to the idea of disengaging. Here are just some of the responses that came in. The fine line between disengaging and feeling like I don't care are coming across as such. How to do it while not being disconnected. I would try and disengage, but then I would feel completely isolated. It's hard to disengage when I watch my husband make horrible decisions with the kids and the ex. I can't let go of control. How do I disengage and keep my heart completely open? These are all very valid questions and concerns, but I'm going to be brutally honest. When it comes to disengaging, I think that a lot of stepmoms just don't get it. It's used as this last resort strategy when they're feeling overwhelmed or resentful or disrespected, or it's something that stepmoms think that they need to do because they heard about the nacho kid method in some Facebook group. Nacho kid, not your responsibility, nacho kid, not your problem. You've seen the posts. Spoiler alert, this is not the best way to build relationships and find your groove in your stepfamily life. You can disengage without disconnecting. Oh, and I don't know if you've noticed or not, but it kind of is your problem. Very much so. I have an entirely different approach to disengaging as a stepmom. It's different than anything I've read online. And I've seen it work time and time again, personally and with stepmoms I've worked with. It's changed everything for us. Over the years, I've disengaged several times, and my stepdaughter didn't even notice. My stepson used to think I was a huge bitch, and now only thinks I'm kind of a bitch, all because of disengaging. Kidding. Not really, though. (laughs) Seriously, though, our relationship is completely transformed, and disengaging and then reengaging has been one of the top strategies that I've used in my almost 10 years as a stepmom. It's not right for everyone, though, and if you're wondering if it's right for you, I have a quiz that you can take in less than 60 seconds, and it will tell you if it's the right move for you. And then if it is, I will tell you what you need to know about disengaging the right way. If you want to take the quiz, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash should I disengage. That's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash should I disengage. Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We're bringing you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom podcast. This episode is a year in review, or maybe not a year in review. It is basically just a reflection on 2022 and where my head is at going into 2023. Now, I originally planned on doing a similar episode in November when I turned 37. It was going to be like a birthday reflection type thing, and I even sat down to record it twice but it did not feel right. It felt forced. So I decided to push it until now. And I'm really glad that I did. I feel like I'm in a good space to, yeah, I guess, reflect. I feel like this is going to be a much better episode. 
Here's the thing, though. One thing I cannot stop thinking about lately is that we are coming into Darren and I's 10th holiday season together, which feels wild. In June, we are going to be celebrating our 10th wedding anniversary. It is just so crazy how fast time has gone. But at the same time, I don't really remember life before us. You know, it's just like, this is this is what I know. It's kind of this really strange feeling. And lately we've been joking around a lot. Who remembers the Pop-Tart when I was the Pop-Tart? We have been saying, well, Jamie's not a Pop-Tart anymore. Now, if you are new here, there is a bit of backstory. So Darren and I have a 13 year age difference. And when we first got together, I was 26, he was 39. And there were certain people or a certain person who thought that I was just his little rebound midlife crisis Pop-Tart. And Darren hated when I was called his Pop-Tart and I kind of thought it was a little funny. I didn't really care. But the nickname lasted a while until he eventually shut it down. But when I went to start this blog, this was back in the day when if you started a blog or like a platform online, you kind of needed to have a name. It wasn't my personal brand. It was like, what were you going to name your blog? So I decided to name my blog, The Pop-Tart Diaries. And honestly, I wish I still had a picture of what my original website looked like. Guys, we have come so far. There was so much color. It was, it was something, that's for sure. It is crazy, though, just how far the brand has come and the community and our marriage and just my relationship with my stepkids and the way that I feel about being a stepmom has come so far. And I think the big difference that I notice is that I just don't feel insecure about being a stepmom anymore. I don't wonder where my place is. I don't feel damned if I do, damned if I don't. I just kind of, well, I'm just confident with me. I'm confident with how our life has panned out. And I know there's going to be people who are listening to this and be like, Jamie, how did you get there though? Like, that's what I'm struggling with. And originally I was going to say that this is something that has come with time, but I don't really think that's it or just it. Obviously time does help, but since becoming a stepmom, I have really dove into the personal growth and a lot of the personal growth has had nothing to do with being a stepmom. It's about diving into kind of your own shit, which is good because I think my whole message has always been that a lot of the insecurities and struggles that we have being stepmoms don't really have anything to do with being a stepmom at all. A lot of it just stems from our own insecurities and need for control and and insert whatever past trauma and wounds you have here or whatever BS story you've been telling yourself about yourself here. But thriving in your role as a stepmom really comes down to confidence and communication and personal growth and owning your shit and boundaries and being really honest with yourself and checking your ego and often grieving the life that you thought you were supposed to have. And when it comes to where we're at right now, sure, things are not always perfect. We definitely have our struggles. We have our stuff, but we have come out the other side of a lot of the step family stressors. And I know there's always going to be more things come up. Like it's not just something you can check off your list, but I do believe Darren and I have come out the other side of it all. And I'm confident that whatever happens in the future, and I'm sure, you know, we've got weddings and you know, there's still three kids. There's lots, there's lots of things that can come up and grandkids, but I do feel confident in our ability to handle it all because of what we've learned. 
It's interesting. The other day, Darren and I were standing in the mirror together as we were getting ready. He turned 50 in September, by the way, which was a really big thing that happened this year. And we were looking at his salt and pepper hair and all the grays coming in on my lid and talking about this new laser treatment that I've been doing on my skin to try to boost the collagen and the fact that the kids are getting older and we've been together for 10 years now. And that I was only six years older than my stepdaughter Madison is right now when I became a stepmom and got married. That's crazy. And I was like, babe, we are growing older together. Like we are growing old. It is happening right now. We are growing older. And it's really weird because I do feel like I'm just getting started and living the life that I want to live and feeling the way that I want to feel. Our marriage is in a really great place and I'm really starting to feel aligned and have such amazing people in my life and starting to figure things out about, you know, what I really want. It's weird. I never thought I'd feel like I was just getting started at age 37, but I don't know. Here we are. Now there's a ramble of a reflection from your former Pop-Tart. So here's how this episode is going to go. I'm going to do a little Q&A. So I'm going to dive into some of the questions submitted by you guys. Then I'm also going to do a reflection on where my head is at coming out of this year. This year was kind of a blur. Like there have been so many great things. I've had the chance to work with some dream brands on the podcast. I was on Leanne Rhymes' podcast, which was crazy. You know, it hit 1 million downloads on the show. The exclusive stepmom community has continued to be a killer resource for stepmoms. Ran my first mastermind, which was a huge success, but we've also had a lot of hard stuff. Hit some goals, missed some goals, but overall, I'm just coming out of this year feeling really good and just with this faith and I just trust that even when shit's hard, like we will figure it out. And I think just surrendering is the key there. So here are some of my realizations for this year. Here is where my head is at. I've talked about this before, but a big realization that I've had this year is that I cannot do the jam-packed calendar anymore. I'm not meant to do the jam-packed calendar. I don't think you're meant to do the jam-packed calendar if that's where you're at too. And I will not do it. I cannot do back-to-back coaching calls anymore. I cannot do back-to-back podcast interviews because when I do, I do not function at my best. It depletes me and affects how I show up for myself and for this community and for my family. And I'm just craving white space in my calendar and more peace. I want time to be creative and to write and to be a mom and do whatever I do with intention. And I want to continue to support stepmoms, but I am done with the hustle. I've really scaled back on my calendar, like the jam-packed calendar. And the effect on my home has been crazy. Like it's really changed the vibe and it's allowed me to show up in my best way. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this or not, but I think the woman of the house really does set the tone. And I know some people may be listening to this and be like, oh, that might be nice for you to be able to not have that jam-packed calendar, but it's not possible for me. And I get every situation is different, but I want to challenge you on that. Every situation is different, but there is room to scale back in life because there is a time when I did not think it was possible for me. I had to do the things. I couldn't scale back. I needed to do the coaching calls. But then I had this moment when I realized I do not like the way that I'm feeling right now. And there has to be a better way. I was like, this is not freaking working. And I think you have to get to that rock bottom moment, this whole, this is not working feeling to be able to look at it from a new perspective. And I'm telling you this because if you're feeling the same way, I want to encourage you to really critically think about 
what you're doing and why you're doing it. I was and still am craving simplicity, and I know that many of you can relate, but what I've done is just readjusted what I think is a priority and where I'm putting my energy and gotten really clear on what is moving the needle in life and where I was getting the most output for my input. So the big question was, is this worth the time and effort I am putting into this? Like, what's the long game here? Am I doing this because it really matters? Am I doing this because it's aligned with my goals? Or am I doing this because this is just how I think I'm supposed to do life? This is true for relationships, for work, for stuff with the kids, parenting in the house, like everything. Busy is not something to be proud of. It's not. And I remember I used to look at my calendar when I was just starting out with this platform and I didn't have anything on my calendar other than stuff for the kids and for Darren. And I felt like I wasn't measuring up. Like I remember hiding my calendar if I had to check it in public because I felt like a loser for not having anything on my calendar. I felt like I wasn't successful. I just felt insecure. And I thought that being successful meant that you had to have this jam-packed calendar. Busy was the goal. I wanted to be someone with back-to-back coaching calls. But man, once I got it, I was like, this shit is not for me. The world and society defines busyness as success, but the introvert in me cannot do it. So not doing it anymore. And that's something that's really been a huge thing for me this year. And I didn't realize how much this jam-packed schedule was affecting me until I gave myself permission to scale back. So I decided to stop doing one-on-one coaching calls for my one-on-one clients. I'm sorry. But we have other resources for you, and I'm definitely here in the exclusive stepmom community. But I've decided that I just want to get more output for my input. So I'm focusing on the exclusive stepmom community and my online program, Kick Ass Stepmom, Kick Ass Life, and this podcast. And it takes me the same amount of time, but I can impact more people and live in a way that's more aligned with how I want to feel. So, do you get what I'm saying here? I know there's going to be people who are like, this is the most unrealistic thing I've ever heard someone say, but I want you to sit on it for a bit. Like who told you this is unrealistic? Society, your parents, when they told you what success looks like, when someone says like, oh, what kind of job you need to have or what a real job is. Like I could go on and on about this, but I'm going to save that for a different day. But I do think there's really a lot of power in getting super specific about what gets your attention and what gets place on your calendar. Another thing that I have been really reflecting on, and this was a huge shift for me this year, is the way that I look at social media. This year, I have done a lot of unfollows, a lot of unfriends, blocks and mutes. I've really curated my Instagram feed to prevent me from getting caught in the weeds. I follow very few people online, like very few. No matter how hard I try, social media can hijack me if I let it. And this is this automatic thing we do. We pick up our phones and we just go to Instagram or email. And I was finding that when I would go to my phone to do something for work or for the community, I'd find myself triggered by something someone in my life had said or done in their Instagram posts, and it wasn't working. So here's the big question for you. Why does everyone we know need to be on our social media? Like every family member, every friend, every high school friend, everyone from university, coworkers, Like why? Why does everyone need to be on our social media? And the answer is they don't. Every friend, family, coworker does not need to be on your Facebook or your Instagram. They do not need to have access to anything. And I'm on social media a lot. And chances are you are too. 
And I have no desire to put myself in a position where I could see something in my day that can trigger me or bring up past wounds and trauma or bullshit or just doesn't make me feel good. Or that's just freaking pointless. My time and energy is worth more than that. And your time and energy is worth more than that too. Like I think we really need to start curating our feed so that it is aligned with how we want to feel throughout the day. So this year I've even deleted family members off my social media. I love them. I care for them, but do not want to see their posts. I've blocked some people. I love them. I care for them. I want the best for them. I do not want their crap coming up in my newsfeed during the day and hijacking me. I do not think that everyone we meet needs to be on our social. I do not think we need to follow everyone in our lives. It is just way too much noise. And I think we need to give ourselves permission to do this and start to be more deliberate about our intentions with social media because we have the power to curate our social media experience. So if you're not in my life or you're not supportive of me, you do not provide some sort of value or, you know, your posts aren't something that I really feel like I need to be exposed to. I have zero obligation to give you access to my social media, period. Now I'm going to give you some context behind this because I think this example is something that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to. Sadly enough, I had a situation this year where one of my family members posted a passive aggressive post, which is basically addressed at me on Facebook or Instagram or um, yeah, it was on Instagram or Facebook or both. Yeah. Anyway, that's what happens when you have boundaries and try to protect your energy, by the way, people get pissed. So I have no time for posts to one person on a list of thousands. I think that we need to be having more conversations with people in real life. But anyway, this post was posted. It was brutal. It was very passive aggressive. And then another family member who I was close to for so long, but then also has a tendency to want to get involved in all the things, wrote a comment and kind of this like cryptic response. Oh, I know what this is about, or I know who this is about with some other stuff and this like stupid emoji. And it hurt my feelings. Like it hijacked my day. Like it made me very, very sad. So I did what I usually do when I'm hijacked and I'm triggered. I had to call my sister and be like, did you see this? And like rant on. And then I brought up to my husband at night. I vented to my girlfriend's. And I felt gross and hurt and sad all day. Here's the thing though. It should have been no surprise to me that these people wrote these things because this is very characteristic of how they've been in our relationship in the past. But it ruined my day and it affected my productivity and it affected how I showed up for my family and my business and myself. So the question is like, why do we expose ourselves to that? So I decided I was done. I was like block, delete, unfollow, not healthy literally delete and block. And I was not going to risk having that happen again. And you can do that. And I can assure you that the initial discomfort is worth the long-term peace. It is very nice to have that boundary. I've also blocked people so I can't see them and they can't see me and their stuff doesn't show up in my newsfeed if they get tagged in something. I've also blocked people that I don't want to like slip up and, you know, get that urge to go creep and see what's going on with them. And I'm saying that honestly, guys, like we've all been there. If they are not providing some sort of value to your life, there's no reason for someone to be on your social. And it could be your mom, your cousin, your best friend from public school, your partner's ex that you thought for some reason it was a good idea to have them on your Facebook. Now all you do is check her profile and ruminate. You don't got to do it. And I'm not doing it either. So basically, I'm just like leaving 2022 with a desire for peace and more rest and more white space, positive people in my life, and less getting hijacked by shit on social. 
Now, I had to make this mantra for my five-minute journal that you write in every day. And mine is, I am balanced, grounded, abundant, and free. And anything that is not aligned with that, I don't have time for. I'm going to interrupt this episode really quickly to give you the inside scoop on brands and resources that I'm loving, who also help support the show. In the summer, we are on the go a lot. And whenever we come home, I always tell my husband how excited I am to get back and sleep in our bed. Now that it's fall and we're home more and back in routine, I am so excited to be able to sleep in my bed every night. The reason? The sheets. My bamboo sheets and duvet cover from Cozy Earth are heaven on earth. So soft, so comfortable, and even Oprah has described this bedding as the softest ever. Here's the lowdown. I get hot at night and regularly get the night sweats. These sheets are temperature regulating, which has made such a difference for me. Certified free of harmful chemicals, easy to wash, won't pill, and have a 10-year warranty. I cannot recommend these bamboo sheets enough. Of course, I have a code for you, CozyJamie40 for 40% off the entire site. Investing in good sheets makes such a difference in your sleep. When you get a good sleep, you show up as a better version of yourself in the morning, you're refreshed, energized, focused, and you look better. Good sleep is the foundation for my self-care. You deserve it and the people in your life deserve it. Cozy Jamie 40 for 40% off the entire site. And if you're looking for sleepwear or loungewear, I also highly recommend the Bamboo Jogger Set. The quality and comfort is uncomparable. Cozy Jamie 40 for 40% off the entire site. Go to jamiescrimshire.com forward slash cozy earth. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. For several months there, I was feeling kind of stuck into some old habits and thought patterns that were just not serving me. I'm talking in my marriage with family members, some work stuff as well. Like everything was good, but I knew it could be way better. And here's the deal. I do a lot of personal development and journaling and all the things, but sometimes you need this neutral third party expert to help you see what you can't. So I recently started working with this new therapist from BetterHelp. She is so amazing. I have been in therapy on and off for years. And in my first session with this new therapist, I had the hugest breakthrough. She pointed out something about one of my challenging relationships that really just changed the way that I look at everything. And then in the next session, after I dove into a bunch of stuff about my marriage, she pointed out something that I was like, wow, You are right, I've never thought about it that way. And even Darren has noticed a difference in how I'm approaching things. I wanna be the best that I can. The best wife, the best mom, the best stepmom, the best friend, sister, person, entrepreneur, like all the things. I just wanna feel happy and content and grounded and at peace. And I also really wanna truly get to the point where I can 100% accept things that are outside of my control. And that is my motivation for diving back into therapy right now. Every time I get off a call with my BetterHelp therapist, I am like, I freaking love therapy. With stress and anxiety and emotional healing and complicated relationships and hustle culture and unique family dynamics and parenting and stressful financial times, like we all have so much that we can unpack right now. And after every session, I feel lighter and more confident in my ability to show up the way that I want to show up in life and to deal with the tough stuff. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, I highly recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It is convenient, 
secure, accessible, and 100% online. No commute times, no awkward waiting rooms. You get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. And if it doesn't feel right, you can switch therapists anytime. Everyone deserves to feel their best and BetterHelp makes it easier to get there. Visit betterhelp.com slash stepmom today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash stepmom to get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash stepmom. You won't regret it. One of the other things that I want to chat about in this podcast is tight jeans. Like jeans that are not comfortable, like the the size of our pants and like getting stuck on that. Now, I was listening to a podcast this morning and one of the questions was like, what are you leaving behind in 2022? And I'm leaving tight jeans behind. I've touched on this over the last year or so, but you know, I gained the COVID-15. I've had some weight gain after going on anxiety medication. I also like my wine and my chips and, you know, you can't just bounce back like you used to in your 20s. So it's been hard for me because I was always very, very tiny. Like I pulled a blazer out of my closet the other day and I was like, who is this for a doll? Like when did this ever fit my body? And, you know, I joked about it, but it also kind of made me feel like shit. So yeah, it's been hard for me. And my goal for the last two years has been to lose weight. And well, that hasn't happened yet. And what's interesting, though, is I'm feeling way better than I have felt a long time. I'm taking my supplements. I've increased my protein, eating healthier than I ever did. Like, I just feel way better. And I've been working hard at coming to terms with the fact that my body has changed. I have pants in my closet that do not fit me. And they will probably never fit me again. And when I do get into them, they're not comfortable. And that's not any way to live either. So in 2022, I'm done worrying about my pant size. It can be such a mind fuck when you're like, what size are you or how much do you weigh? Like we get so caught up in the numbers, but like the same size of pants in different styles can be a completely different size. And we know this in our head, but yet when we go shopping or ordering something, we're like, what? Anyway, I find it embarrassing. I'm just deciding that's at age 37, but no more. All the pants are going. I'm going to sell them on Poshmark or something like that. And then I'm going to take that money and I'm going to buy new jeans that make me feel good. So I don't have to try and like four pairs of pants that I'm going out and feel like crap because none of them fit me. I'm done worrying about the number and I'm done worrying about the size. Okay. Now let's dive into some of the questions you guys sent in. One was, what has been your most challenging moment of your life and how did you overcome it? Well, I think for me, like this is an event or one big thing that has happened, but I think The most challenging thing for me and the most freeing thing for me has been just to take radical responsibility for my life. I just love the word radical. I feel like this year, maybe this, you know, the past two years, this has been a pretty big theme for me. There is a lot of stuff I can't control in my life. I have had a lot of grief and disappointment and co-parenting stuff and infertility and just like stuff from my childhood. And there are so many things in my life that I cannot control, but I can control so many things. So I just don't play the victim anymore. I'm just true to how I feel and how I'm experiencing things. And I do feel like, especially this year, I've taken full responsibility for my life. And that right there is the key. So how did I overcome it? I overcame it through therapy, personal growth books, like Healing Your Inner Mother by Bethany Webster, How to Do the Work by Nicole LaPera. Judgment Detox, Gabby Bernstein, like those books have been really, really powerful for me. 
Also realizing that playing the victim is just so gross. Like that has to be this key realization. I think that we all come to at some point in our life or we should all come to like playing victim your whole life or, you know, blaming other people for things that have been done to you or how your life has turned out. It is not productive. It is not effective. Life is not fair. Everyone has their stuff and you really just need to be, well, you need to take radical responsibility for your own life. Like you have to own your life. So that I guess has been the hardest thing for me, but the most freeing. Are you setting yourself up for retirement? Do you and Darren invest at all? Well, Darren is an investment portfolio manager. So yes, we talk about our retirement all the time. And I find that so crazy because I'm 37, but Darren's 50. So it's closer for him, obviously. But we talk about it all the time. And I think that's something that Darren and I just have always done. Like we're big dreamers and we're always like, okay, what's next? Like, what's our next goal? Like, what do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish? Where do we want to go? How do we want to feel? But yeah, he takes care of the investment piece. We also invest in real estate, which is a huge part of our retirement planning. But then yeah, also obviously investments, but it's his department because that's what he does for a living. What kind of goals do you have set for yourself over the next 10 years? I really want a life with time freedom and financial freedom and making an impact and just having loving relationships and kids who want to come home for a family dinner or like go on a family vacation and don't dread it. Like I want to be more organized and feel less chaos and be healthy and wake up on the water and be in nature more and just feel good and be happy. That's what I want. Those are my goals. And I know that sounds kind of fluffy, but that's what I always work towards. Like every little goal that I have for anything that gets my time and energy and attention, it falls under that umbrella. One thing that I've learned is to question the goals that I have set for myself because if for a while there, I would get caught up thinking that I needed to do something or set a certain goal or meet a certain milestone because that's just like what people do or that's what everyone wants or that's what entrepreneurs or anyone in the digital space is doing. And now it's just different. Like if it doesn't get me closer to that vision that I shared before, it's not aligned anymore. Like I'm, it's not important. So again, like my like mantra, 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 I don't even know how to say it. Anyway, my mantra or mantra right now is I am balanced, grounded, abundant, and free. Like, and that sums up my goals. What's the biggest hurdle you've overcome in this last year? Setting boundaries and relationships with some family members to protect my peace has for sure been the biggest hurdle. And understanding that you can love someone and want the best for them, but also not hold space for how they are negatively impacting your life. Another big thing for me has been just like learning that growth and healing isn't something you can just cross off your to-do list. Grief and issues with family and just like stuff from your childhood, whatever, they hurt. And even though you've moved forward and have perspective, there are still really hard days and it's easy to get triggered and brought back into a place that you didn't think you'd ever come back to, but it happens and there's no shame in that. And I've learned that this is a process and it's normal. And I just need to hold space for that while not packing up and staying in that place. If you could tell yourself one thing from today that would have helped you earlier on, what would it be? Well, growing up, my childhood was great, but also not at all. <laughs> I think that actually sums it up. I think that my parents did the best that they could with what they had or what they were capable of. 
But when it came to the emotional regulation and feeling loved and safe and having open conversations about how to cope with big feelings, I was really left on my own. And that's because that's not what was talked about in their families either. Like this is not blaming anyone. And like when I talk about my childhood, I'm not like blaming or anything like that. I'm just saying like this was the reality. And there's going to be things that I'm not meeting my own daughter's needs about, right? Like you do the best you can with what you have. But this lack of, I guess, a safe space or these like big conversations resulted in some really poor emotional regulation on my part. And I look back and I had all these really big feelings and emotions inside me as a kid and no one told me how to deal with them. And I was left with so much shame about it. Until I was with Darren, I never felt like there would be someone who was there for me no matter what. Like I didn't know the meaning of unconditional love because relationships really just felt conditional. And I didn't feel like anyone truly supported me, like the good, the bad, and the ugly. And again, like growing up, I just always felt like everything was my fault. And I had the shame and embarrassment for how I showed up. And now I know I just had a lot of trauma and securities and fears and abandonment issues. And I had all these big feelings. And I didn't realize how much I was caring until I realized how much I was caring and started to do the work about it. And You know, there's this quote I have on my Instagram feed that says, the wound is not your fault, but the healing is your responsibility. And I wish I could tell my younger self that. I wish I could tell my younger self, it was not your fault. It was not you. You didn't do anything wrong. You were just a kid. And then I would get into some deep freaking therapy and start to understand how all of the past trauma was affecting how I was showing up, you know, as a friend, as a partner, as a stepmom, a wife, a friend, like a sister, daughter, like all of it. It was really affecting how I was experiencing situations and how I was reacting to the tough stuff. And also what I believed to be true about the world I was living in. So I guess that's pretty deep, but it's real. I just, yeah, I wish I would say like the wound is not your fault, but the healing is your responsibility. This year, if you could go back and do one thing different, what would it be? Honestly, I don't know. And I don't like to think about that too much because I like to think in like a more productive way and like look forward, not backwards. So I actually don't know. What do you wish you would have known a year ago that you know now? I I guess this is basically the same question, but I do have an answer to this question. The power of doing a human design reading. Honestly, I'm not going to get into it on this podcast, but I did a reading through the human design app with Jenna Zoe, and it was freaking game changing. I have never felt so seen and understood and like understood myself as much as I did after doing that reading. And it is wild. And I know there's people who think it's a little woo. Just push through the woo. It is really, really cool. And it helped me understand the way I work and the way I operate and the way I perceive the world and what my gifts are. It it was really big. What was your hardest stepmom challenge this year and how did you overcome it? Well, I touched on the fact that we had this ongoing legal battle for the last few years. And it's honestly, it's been this like never ending saga. (laughs) And this year we finally came to a settlement, but to do that, we had to sacrifice what we thought was right in a lot of areas And our lawyer wanted us to fight certain things, but it came to the point where we were just like, okay, how much is our time worth? How long do we want to keep doing this for? Like, what is worth our time, our energy, and our finances? It was just like weighing on us. So I think the big thing here was just like learning to check your ego and understand that sometimes peace is better than being right. 
I'm going to say that again because it's so powerful. Sometimes peace is better than being right. And constantly fighting is freaking exhausting. Next question. What is one of the biggest personal things you are learning or working on right now? Well, regular therapy. So I've been talking about this a lot. I've talked a lot about it on Instagram. Um, I have this new therapist, Veronica from BetterHelp, who is also a show sponsor. And that's just something I'm really committed to right now. Like I'm feeling so good, but I'm like, I know I can feel better, right? Like it's just, I want to just like keep diving into things. And every time I have a therapy session, like I'll go in and not know what we're going to talk about. Then I come out and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's still so much to unpack. And I notice the difference in how I operate when I'm in regular therapy when I, than when I'm not. Like I love therapy. I think everyone should be in therapy. So Bi-weekly therapy sessions is something that I'm committing to for 2023. Actually, sidebar, as a show sponsor, BetterHelp offers 10% off your first month for listeners. So if you go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash stepmom, you can take your quiz, get matched with a therapist, do the whole thing. Also, another thing that I'm really working on is like sleep and rest. I've never prioritized it and I've always been like going, going, going and you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead or like sleep is for the week, but man, like sleep and rest helps me be more productive. And I used to prioritize that 5am wake up over everything. And now I prioritize eight hours of sleep. All right. Last question. How did business go this year? And what changes do you want to make for 2023? Well, on paper, it went really well. Like actually overall, it was a really great year. The community and the membership steadily grows each year. Again, we were able to partner with some of my favorite brands on the podcast. Like I've had a list of brands that I want to partner with um, when I first started the show, like episode one, two, three, where it was like a dream to have a show sponsor. And we've been able to work with a lot of those brands. So that's been really exciting. But one thing that I've really learned is what I'm good at and where my strengths aren't. And I definitely have some big goals for 2023 in terms of how we run things and I really want to get a team in place with some like expertise in specific areas so that team members can work in their genius zone. Because right now, you know, running the podcast and the platform and the membership and, you know, everything that we have going on, it's just Brit and I, and there's a lot of task switching and back and forth. And it's a lot, but actually I am going to put it out in the universe right now. I need to hire like a COO slash integrator to create and implement systems and oversee like the strategy and everything from like a bird's eye view. So I'm looking for someone with expertise in this area and experience who just wants like an extra side gig with room for growth. So that's something that I'm really going to dive into in the new year. And again, like with expanding the team, I would really love to, well, I'm going to manifest an experienced social media and marketing manager. And experience is like the key word. Like I want someone who really knows how to grow and scale and impact. So if you know anyone, have them reach out. But yeah, lots of exciting things in the works for 2023. So that's it, a year in review. To wrap it up though, I do just want to say thank you to all of the listeners. You guys are amazing and kind and the words that you guys share online and the shares of the podcast episode and the support and the reviews, like joining the exclusive stepmom community, like all the ways you participate in this means so much to me. And not only because I get to connect with you and do what I love for a living, 
But because the conversations like the ones we're having on the podcast are really changing the views of blended families and step parenting in society, there is still a huge lack of positive stepmom resources out there. But the conversations that we are having are changing the conversations that other people are having. Yeah, and we are playing a huge role in debunking the stigma that comes with being a stepmom. So I'm super proud of that. All right, that's it for this one. This is the last episode of 2022. If you are looking for extra podcast episodes, you want to like dive in over the holidays, highly recommend checking out the exclusive Stepmom community. There's a members-only podcast in there with episodes and interviews and coaching calls. So if you really want to dive in over the holidays, be sure to check it out. And if not, I will see you in the new year. Bye. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. And if you haven't already, if you could take a couple minutes, head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me. But only if you like the episode, though. If you don't, that's cool. Just remember what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Now, if you are a stepmom craving more, I highly recommend joining my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. Members get access to additional podcast episodes, interviews, and coaching sessions, and live Q&As, and just exclusive next-level content and conversation that I don't share anywhere else. Have an issue or a stressor that you'd like my support with? Just bring it to the Ask Jamie section of the forum. I check in throughout the week, and I'm here to help you out. To get more information or to join, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and I'll see you in there.